Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 261, Triple X from 2002. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Shane Diesel. Shane Diesel was born on July 28, 1963 in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he is an actor and director. A porn star? We're watching Triple X, bro. Uh, well, so I have one of my, before we introduce our <laughs> guest, I have one bit of trivia that the middle X was capitalized to differentiate the film from the porn rating, so... Oh. Ah. Yeah, so shout out to that, uh, but welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever, and also shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, oh. Jason Rainey, Tom Price, and Jessica Collins. Oh, I tried to do it without, without taking breath. One I breath, was so close, yeah. aka Montez. Thank Montez. you all so much. For supporting us at the $5 a month level or above with us tonight, we have returning champion to the podcast, the resident historian, Mr. Mike Manzi. Hello, Mike. Guys, thank you for having me back. And I would just like to say real quick, let me just get a clean version of this for anyone to do what they like. Um, I've been been waiting to to do this for a little bit here. Here comes uh, Mr. Impressions. Let's go. go. It's not an impression, but it's close. But... uh, we come in first, not last. We gonna have a blast. We drive in fast cars, fast. We talking on podcasts. What? What's up, everybody? Did you write that? Yeah, I came up with that like a couple weeks ago. It was <laughs> Just driving around. That's it's good. Beautiful. I like it. I like it. And a I've lot. been I've been annoying Robin with it ever since. So. <laughs> I perfect. feel like most things that you say wind up annoying Robin. Like again at my barbecue, <laughs> Why? you were like. You were like you mentioned, you know, triples is triples is best, and Robin's like he says shit from this show every single day. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I eventually explained it to her that it helps me get through the day, and then she kind of laid off me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think that's I fair. 100- 100% agree. I quote movies instead of talking to people all the time because it's just like much easier to just not think about what you're about to say and just be like, yeah, you can deal and just speak and just weird. Well, speaking of triples is best, we are kicking off a three-part crossover extravaganza. We have Triple nice. X right here. Sometime in the next week, we will have a bonus Patreon episode about Triple X 2 because Triple X State of the Union. Sorry, not Triple X 2, Triple X State of the Union because Vin Diesel not in that. And then over on Mike's podcast, Third Time to Charm, we're going to be doing Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. So very excited to do all three of these because I had never seen these first two. Joe, you had never seen any of them? Not any, not one of these movies. And Mike, had you seen any of these three before or no? Yes, I've seen number one on Blu-ray and number three in theaters. Okay. Okay, never two though. Never saw two. Never saw okay, two. Cool. No, nothing against Cube, but can't wait to watch it. I'm very excited for that, too. I saw three in theaters with friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, which I didn't remember that I saw until I was watching this one, and I saw his big furry coat, which is like one of the very few things I remember from the third movie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I saw this in theaters. I think I saw this with Melissa. And so I messaged her, and she's like, hmm. And she said something like, I won't spoil for Joe. And I was like, yep, that's the one. So, uh, okay. yeah. So we saw that together in theaters, but I had never seen this, and I don't know why I never saw this, other than maybe the same reason I didn't saw the, I did, I had never saw any Fast and Furious movie because I'm just like, 
I don't know, dumb action movie. Or, you know what I mean? Like one of those yes. kind of pretentious things. But like, I don't know. Because this is also, importantly for us, directed by Rob Cohen a year after the first movie. So this is like I their, their collective the follow-up. Yeah. Because oh, I saw that it was directed by Rob Cohen at the end. But I was going to ask you like which came first. Like, because I obviously knew you would know. So I was going to like ask like which came first. Like this or... Yeah, it feels like there's a bunch of kind of nods to oh we uh, we just made Fast and Furious like <laughs> you know uh, yes. we're coming off of that and uh, we're just sort of transitioning right into this where uh, it's just like a one man army version basically of what Fast and Furious will become. It's weird like this is sort of what Fast and Furious will become like in a lot of ways. Like I wonder if mm-hmm. he kind of was steering it, pun intended, in that direction. I don't know. Well, the other thing we're going to find out this lap that I've seen all of them, but not in forever, is that after we do this, we're going to do the Riddick movies. And I feel like those are also going to inform what Fast and Furious kind of becomes in sort of more like less ground. I mean, this is not grounded. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Like, I think everything Vin Diesel does is just elevating reality (laughs) to another plane, right? So Yeah, I hear you, Joey, though, because definitely with those Riddick movies, like I I, I quite like those movies for whatever reason i think just the sci-fi fantasy of it all but the second one totally blows up the world like world building wise in the in the way they start doing with fast and furious later on so i think maybe some of that crosses over if you have not seen triple x i think it's on hbo max is that right i watched it okay because i watched the blu-ray because i have the very important very commemorative 15th anniversary edition you know famous 15th anniversary. Um, but if you've not seen Triple X, this is the plot summary. According to IMDb, an extreme sports athlete, Xander Cage, is recruited by the government on a special mission. That's the end of the up. story because I'm pretty sure whoever wrote that <laughs> doesn't know what happened in this movie either because I could not tell you what the plot of this movie was. So I had I had a typical uh, Joe experience watching this, which was that Whenever I watch these action movies that are really, really fast paced like this, like I get completely lost. So, yeah. like it, it, like my brain just like doesn't want to process this much stimulation. I definitely have some highlights. I definitely watch it and have some notes, but there's giant gaps of it that I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is uh, overwhelming in a lot of ways, in like good and bad ways. Ultimately, I think. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I have I have a very old Blu-ray, which looks like it might have been like a send away for three when you get a PlayStation three. Mm, kind okay, of. Okay. Do, do you want Ooh. me to read the back of this one? It, there had, there's a little paragraph. If that sure, yeah, yeah, go for Please. it. Please. Xander Cage, Vin Diesel, is a notorious underground thrill seeker who, until now, has been deemed untouchable by the law. But when crack NSA agent Gibbons convinces Cage to infiltrate a ruthless Russian crime ring, this new breed of secret agent, codenamed Triple X, takes down the enemies of justice with a vengeance in this high-octane, turbocharged thrill ride from acclaimed director of The Fast and the Furious. Okay, so yeah. They know exactly what they're doing with this. Yes, that is, I mean, I followed all of that in the movie as well. Yes. Uh, but that's a much more clear description of what actually is going on here. Yeah, and it, it's concise, too. I think that's pretty much what happens. But they, they even, like, throw in the turbocharged version of a directed by Fast and the Furious, yeah. Because I will also say, I don't want my I don't understand what happened here to be a condemnation, because I don't think it matters. No. I think this is a movie filled with crazy stunts and a million one-liners. Yep. And I had a blast. I don't think this is good, and I don't care. Like, I just had a blast watching this. It's probably too long. I wish it wasn't two hours long. Agreed. But 
I really enjoyed it. But before we get there, okay, two, I'm going to bring the room down for a second. There's two sort of somber, heavy things that happened. Number one, a stuntman died while making this movie. Oh, that sucks. I didn't oh, on man. a parasailing thing. I don't know if it was the opening red sports car thing, let's talk about, or later. But one time when he was parasailing, he flew into one of those, like, bridge. No, it got to be the end where he's, like, on the zip line, kind of, and comes down onto oh, the... That's incredible. The tor- torpedo thing. It had to be then. The Ahab he was, he was he, he hit a pillar of the Palaki Bridge in Prong, Prague while parasailing. Yeah, I'm imagining okay. it's that. Because there's two different sort of parasailing scenes. One of them, the guy passed away during, they. I guess that was his second take, the first one they used in the movie. So, like, I think it's always kind of weird, like, do you keep it in there? But, like, they honored him, I guess, for his last work. I, who knows, uh, right? That's but, like, weird. Yeah, that feels weird to me, too. I don't I don't know what well, you do in that situation. This, I, this I, is, it's tough call, but this feels like more than anything, even at the time probably, but now especially, like, it feels like a stunt movie, you know, like we're here for yes. real explosions, yep. real stunts, real people like doing real shit. There's very small CGI. Like I think the snowboarding sequence is incredible. However, they pulled yep. that off. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a shame to hear that someone passed away during the making of it, but it like, I'm kind of surprised only one person got like, you know, mortally wounded or injured in this. Cause it, it looks impossible. It looked like watching is like this, this looks impossible. Some of this stuff. Yeah. So, well, apparently the other thing that's wild is that apparently Vin did most of his own stunts, which I don't know how that's possible just because it's so crazy and, like, he's already, like, leading the Fast and Furious. Like, I don't I don't understand that. But the only thing that he didn't do, apparently, was the Corvette base jump. So this guy, Tim Rigby, who was, like, a stunt guy, wore a Vin Diesel mask, which – and all I want is I want the Pam's Kids <laughs> tip jar from the Zeph movie, and yeah. I want this Vin Diesel mask. Like Those are the only two movie props I've ever wanted, because I, I want a Vin Diesel mask that's good enough for X. I agree. That's awesome. And I wish we could find it. The other sad thing, and I think we need to talk about this as well briefly, we mentioned something about this a year or two ago when news first broke. Rob Cohen had been accused of I th- his, his trans daughter, I think, daughter i think yes his his daughter said that she was sexually abused or something by him i don't remember the exact details because it was horrific and i tried to put it out of my memory like i feel like i should I know agree. it but i don't yeah but oh, man no asia argento who is the female lead in this movie last year in january 2021 said that rob cohen drugged her and raped her while filming this movie jesus oh, fuck and so hell? one of cohen's reps said this was quote absolutely false so i don't know that anything ever came of it but now this is at least two different people who have brought claims against rob Whoa. cohen and i know it's it's hard to separate the art from the artist and it just it's so fucked up and like i don't know like i don't want to say she's right or she's wrong because who knows but like that's in multiple places on the internet and so yeah just yeah out there that like uh, in this very fun dumb action movie there's Somebody died, and also, you know, she had a terrible experience in in whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it just, so. It's just like, oh, oh, man, that sucks. Like, I I, I believe her because I think, like, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, she's testified against Weinstein. Like, she's, Mm -hmm. you know, had issues with this in the past. It's sort of like why at one point she seemed to be everywhere, and then all of a sudden she was nowhere. It feels like she got, like, kind of, like, kicked out. Blackball, speaking yeah. up, yeah, uh, which is unfortunate, man. But like, I don't know. That's that's a ugh, that's a ick vibe, man. That's too bad. Yep. But that also, you know, like there is sort of like a gross vibe in this movie with all of like the Euro trash. I guess they're Russian trash, but like there's just this weird. It's in Prague, and it just feels kind of grimy at times, where it's just like, 
what are these guys doing? <laughs> this feels like to me like we did the transporter movies. Yeah. Like you and I talked about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Like this feels like a sequel where you're like, we don't have any money for the movie, so like let's just go overseas and like do something like try to do the first movie again, but like in like Eastern Europe. But like that's just like where they're starting. Like it's a very <laughs> weird thing. I don't know. But again, I loved it. The only other thing I want to say before we get into it was that the first choice to play Xander Cage was Eric Bana, aka the Bad Hulk, I guess, the one from the Ang Lee movie. But he turned it down to do a movie called The Nugget, which I've never heard of. Oh, good choice. Me neither. Okay. (laughs) 600 people have seen The Nugget on Letterboxd. It has an average rating of 2.9. One person is in their top four. Yeah, so Eric Bannon turned down probably a hefty payday to do a indie movie that nobody's ever seen. Yeah. Whenever they can stump you two, I'm proud. (laughs) But let's dive into it. Let's try to put the downers of the stuff behind us. Yeah, Initial yeah. thoughts on Triple X. Good, bad. Joe, what do you think of this movie? I found it a ton of fun, too. I need to like rewatch and reprocess it. Like I said last night, it, it's a lot. It's hyper-stimulating for me. I don't do well with action movies that are this fast-paced. So I had trouble keeping up at times and like questions and stuff. But like you said, it doesn't really matter. And I had a ton of fun with all the set pieces. I thought it was awesome. I'm excited to see where this goes. This felt kind of like a counterpart. There's a lot of Fast and the Furious in here, obviously, with Rob Cohen and, like, Vin. So, like, it definitely felt like it goes hand-in-hand with Fast and the Furious, especially at, like, certain points and one-liners and stuff like that. It's like they're almost, like, just, like, nodding at the at the audience in the theater. Yep. Like, like, oh, yeah, like, th- this is just another Fast and the Furious kind of movie, so just deal. It, it, I enjoyed it. How about you guys? Did anybody else like it, not like it? You know, Mike, what do you think, and how does this compare to, I guess, the last time or the other times you've watched this? Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's pretty much the same. Like, I've always enjoyed these movies for what they are, which is just kind of like loud, fun, super extreme James Bond type shit for the you know Pepsi generation. Maybe not. Yep. I'm the Pepsi generation for Maybe the monster generation. The monster generation. Yeah, the Kyle generation. <laughs> yes. You know, we get a lot of kind of extreme sports cameos very early on, and it's all that like you know. My letterbox review is this movie was, and I didn't mean this in a bad way. I just like to try and you know put it out there, but like this movie felt like it was directed by a bottle of Code Red Mountain Dew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and, that's that's and, totally and sums it up. Yep. A hundred percent. And it wears it, you know, as tattoos on his sleeves, right? Like Neck. it's proud of it and it's doing it and it cranks up the prodigy and it says sit back, relax and get ready for tons of explosions. Um, everything Vin says is like a one liner with a smirk and a smile. And it kind of took me a couple minutes to realize like that's what he's going for. That I was like, at first I was like, these line deliveries are, are horrible but then i was like wait a minute everything is done with a wink to us and with the realization that he's being filmed and he's playing that like sort of youtuber before it became like huge you know or the extreme sport sort of streaming guy like that whole angle there's a lot of fun stuff in here uh to explore the craziest thing about this movie to me is that he apparently does not go by Triple X, even though he has a Triple X tattoo. Like, at one point, <laughs> yep. Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Augustus Gibbons, who, like Nick Fury, has a scarred face and, like, is, is has he a damaged He says Fury eye. something to him, too. He, yeah. like, refers to him as something Fury or, like, says – and I was like, what the fu-? Like, total premonition. But. And there's also a Dark Fury pitch black thing that we're going to watch, too. So, like, there's a lot of Fury on both sides of that conversation, I guess. Uh, but he goes something like, uh, you should, you know, you should go by the name Triple X. It's like, he has the tattoo. Like, what, 
Why would what he have that mean? <laughs> what? I think it, I think that's just extreme to the third, right? Like he's oh. that like X is oh. extreme, but he's got three X's, so he's triple the extreme. I was like, okay, it feels like this is like an origin story because like the the weird thing is like this movie <laughs> starts out in like a German techno club whatever like it kind of feels yes. a little like do host it feels like a little bit like the matrix i was gonna reloading. say is this rams is it ramstein that is i don't like, know perform- i think it is prodigy right I, I thought it was but I don't you know. think prodigy i said it as a joke but i think i actually think like now it might have been yeah because it's like i know one of them uses like the pyro and like the pyro out of the mouth thing and like they were queuing in so hard on the band it was one of those things where like if you like this band, you know this band, here's this band type situation. You know what I mean? Like, it was too on the nose for you to... Like, they would have just been in the background if it wasn't, like, an actual... Yeah, Rammstein, Rammstein does have a song on the soundtrack, and I think... And it says, like, you know, under exclusive license. I think they performed it in this movie. I think that is Rammstein. Okay, that's what I thought. Cool. Yeah, because I, like I know the that they're big on the pyro, so that's what, like, that's what cued me into thinking that that was that. Yeah. So this movie starts, like, in this German rave with, like, this, you know, hard rock band playing, and... There's this whole thing. I'm, I'm expecting Vin to swoop in and do a thing, right? Because it's like this is the yep. introduction. Here's Triple X, and then not only does that not does he not show up? Like basically nothing happens. Like it's this whole thing. Like you <laughs> yeah, think they the shoot thing, a guy. Yeah, but it's it's just like oh okay, so it's a yeah, random yeah. guy. So it's all it's all just for the. I'm sure the one guy just had this idea of a visual of a dead guy crowd surfing because that's like what this whole sequence leads up to, right? Just the image of the dead guy being passed around on the crowd. No one realizes he's dead, and it's like, oh, but what does any of it mean? I don't know. I don't think we ever find out. Like, it, like the movie is setting up the three different things. It's like there's like this Euro thing. Then we got to Sam Jackson, who has like we we see him sort of limping with his like a little bit of a lisp and the the face and whatever. And he's going through the slideshow of the scum of the earth, the worst of the worst. And it's kind of like you know Interpol's most wanted. One of them is Vin, and then we cut to Vin, who is posing as a valet, stealing a red sports car, Mike. Very Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yes. And like he's yep. doing this like performative extreme sports thing. And I'm like, okay, so we're setting up the three different things. But I felt like this is like a Vin Diesel movie. And the fact that he wasn't in the first two scenes, I was like, this is weird. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it's still early Vin, right? Like we can't, I feel like in some way I got to wrap my head around that. Like he doesn't show up in Fast and Furious for a while, right? Like he. About seven minutes in. Okay. So like, I, I bet if we timed it, it might be earlier than it might be around the same time uh and he has a way bigger introduction in this movie and then he's never really gonna leave the screen so That's it's true. Like gonna be his deal uh and i actually was like i think part of the reason i'm confused most of the movie is because how fast they blow over the actual plot because in that sort of i don't know like meeting that nick fury has you know he's like we gotta stop using real agents and start using America's most wanted and it's like we'll blackmail him and shit and I was like I don't care just like make <laughs> anything you need to make Vin Diesel like he should have been your your cousin or like your nephew like like Kingsman right like that would I would have accepted that so I don't know or or just like I feel like this movie if this movie came out today they would have been like oh you mean the Suicide Squad thing like that would have been enough yes. like okay yeah. I, I get what you're doing but like just I guess <laughs> we're gonna set up like we're gonna have someone who's not a good guy pretend to be a good guy but he's undercover Joey, you just nailed it. I bet that's what, like, if we might start getting in the second one, like, they're building a team, you know, like, we've got, a, we're going to have, each are going to have their own movie, and then they'll Triple all come Z, together. Triple but, Y. <laughs> but I guess Vin was like, I want to come back early, so, you know. Yeah, like, I have no idea two. what Ice Cube's character name is. Like, I don't know if he goes by Triple X as well. Like, I have no, I have no concept of what the second movie is. There, Ice Cube so is in the second one? I didn't know this. 
I told you this like a month ago, but yes, he's he's the star of the second one, and then he shows up briefly in the third movie. But like, they're, I think they're trying to do like a connective world, but it feels like the kind of thing where like it's it feels like the Fast and the Furious again. We'll talk about it, I guess, then. But it's like okay, Vin's in this first movie. It's it's exactly what it is. It's like a, a testosterone thing for like thirteen year old boys. Yeah, and then he leaves, and it becomes maybe big question mark. I don't know. And he's like, all right, now I gotta I gotta come back. I gotta do more. It's just like, oh okay. But like he he keeps leaving things, and like it keeps living on. Then he comes back. It's just this weird parallel, I guess. That is yeah yeah because that's a, that's just what happened with Riddick too, right? Or oh, no no. Well, he was able to Riddick continue Riddick, but like yeah, he was able to continue that by going back to Fast and Furious or Correct. something or other. Yes. Yeah, so, like, it's interesting how many of his things have, like, come and gone and then come again. Uh, I wonder if he saw, like, oh, they're going to keep going without me, and it's going to be a franchise. Like, I can't let that happen. <laughs> I need <laughs> to get some mine. of this good money. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't blame him. Yeah. Get the bag, dude. I'm, I'm happy for everybody getting paid. I want everybody paid as much as possible. Even Anarchy 99? Yes. What <laughs> is Anarchy 99? Is that just the organization? Like, what is that? They're a bunch of like ex-Russian soldiers. Okay. <laughs> They're all a bunch of, like, Red Guardians, you know? It's like... <laughs> okay, okay. Man, it's very, very strange that, like, Anarchy... They said like, it's that. so stupid. Yeah. They said Anarchy 99, like, 40 times. 40 times. And they times. missed the one time that they explained what it was. Like, they didn't. I want to know what Anarchy 99 is. Like, I, I do too, Vin. Like, what? what is it? I don't know what... <laughs> yeah, we don't really find out until the very, very end. Like, I like we got a lot of fun of his like recruitment to talk about, but like just skip into that anarchy crap. Like, and their gig is like they have some kind of like death potion that they're gonna unleash in Prague and kill a bunch of yeah. Like, I'm yawning. Like, GI Joe, if you guys remember, like destroyed all of London from shooting like missiles from space, and you know, like stakes need to be. Way bigger, I feel, for Vin Diesel at this. But hey, maybe maybe they learned that lesson. No, they're coming off the first Fast and the Furious. He was stealing DVD players. Now they they might kill a couple cities worth of people because he's like even Samuel Jackson at one point is like like if we stop this, we can save like we can we can lose one city but save a bunch of others. And you're like, okay, cool. Mm, okay, yeah, yes. I guess from movie to movie, stakes are high. But I just figured for. The Triple X program, I thought it was going to be like, you know... End of the world immediately. Yeah. I mean, technically, he is sort of riding the missile, like, you know, (laughs) like pulling shit out of it up until the last second, like uh, Captain America or something, but I don't know. I mean, the movie starts with him, like his character introduced in like a very like crazy over the top way that like in the grand scheme of things is not that insane. But like for any normal person, be like, holy shit, like he steals this car of a politician who hates music and video games. Yes. And thinks that they're Skateboarding like Skateboarding is a society. crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, it's just music, Dick. And then he says, Dick, you've entered the Xander zone. And he's Top like talking. Tier. I thought he was talking to our camera, but he's talking to an in-car camera. Like Mike was saying, he's like a YouTuber. Yep. He then jumps the car off a freeway. Yep. Parasails out of it as it crashes to the, the, the ground below. And then returns home to a clubhouse party where a woman is like, I want to make a video game of your life. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, not only that, EVE, Eve, the rapper, is running yes. their underground illegal website where they stream all of his videos because YouTube isn't doesn't exist yet. This is 2002. Like, that yep. wasn't, like, till 2005 or something. Yep. So, like, it's even 
It's even crazier. And, and Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk is there. Tony, yeah, Tony Hawk picked him up in the car when he landed, and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is happening?" But what I think is really funny about this, just very quickly, is that like you wouldn't know that he's like, an extra, like I know that he parasails, but like they have a guy like on like a mini half pipe, like doing a skateboard trick. She's like, "Oh, these kids are like extreme." Like it's just like that's there's no there's no sense of like that there are anything other than like criminals or daredevils or whatever. But they're yes, like, yeah. "Oh, this one guy is a skateboard," so like they're all into skateboarding. Yeah, it's. It's bizarre. It's, yeah, it's it, it, it's like the cast of Nitro Circus from MTV. I don't know if you remember oh. that show. <laughs> that's how, like, that's the target audience. I think. I was gonna ask that, but you guys summed it up. Um, Mike saying it was directed by a code a code red Mountain Dew is like, yeah, that's exactly what the tar- target audience is. Um, the car off the bridge thing is great though, because like that's they almost exactly do it again in what part five, right? Fast Five, yeah, like the, it's it's almost identical to what happens with him like driving off the bridge, falling down. Except he falls into the water versus like has a parachute. But they like shoot the car off. I think they're, I think they were both Corvettes too. Now that I think about it, it's, so it's like almost a mirrored image. It's really strange to see. It's a great stunt. I mean, it works. It works for me both sells. times. It yeah. sells. Yeah. All the stunts in here are great. I mostly have a problem with some of the editing and, like, the coverage, you know? I wish they wouldn't cut away quite as much. Um, they might be doing that to try and, like, extend sequences uh, for, like, a runtime or something or other. But other than that, like, the, yeah, the stunt work is just, I'm in awe, you know? I'm just at my jaws, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I think, you know, Joe, you were saying that your... Um your brain can't really process the high, the high speed stunt thing and i think no, that's, not the, I, it's, it's not the speed it's exactly what mike said it's the editing chopping is very very hard for me to stay focused in right and i think like what i was about to say was that it's it's not i, I think it's not that it's like like the speed of it i think it's just that this isn't done well cuz i think ah, like a good action yeah. movie like a mad max fury road is insane and like that's faster than like like literally and metaphorically and figuratively whatever faster than just about any other movie ever ever but because it's edited like better than any other movie's ever been edited you're able to follow your brain can track the action and like it's 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 teaching you where to look here there's like an action scene and all of a sudden we're following a missile it's like wait i don't understand like where and then like there's like a mm-hmm. wide shot it's like i don't know what i i can't get like my brain can't follow where the action is starting and going. Like, if you ever, like, in the film nerd, film class sense of things, like, there's, like, lines of sight, and, like, you're supposed to, like, yes. the movie's yes. supposed to teach you where to look, yep. like, from cut to cut, and here, they're just, like, things are happening. It's like, okay, so I get a sense of, like, action, but I don't know who's doing what or where it's happening. And so I think it's not necessarily the speed or the amount or just, like, the the type of editing. It's just that this isn't done well. That's absolutely fair, mm-hmm. and I think that that's part of the problem. And I don't know if like I could solve that for myself personally with a bigger screen or a smaller screen. I don't think like, I don't think it's I don't think it's either of those to be honest. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just that it's not it's not it's not presented like it's it's not good visual storytelling. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Joey. That's like sort of I think you you nailed it because this is something I've come across recently a lot by watching uh, like we covered <laughs> Sharknado three on my show this summer, and the yeah. main thing oh, is like hell no. Yeah, and it's like you can't follow that movie because like it doesn't match like nothing matches shot for shot because half the cast isn't even there with each other you know and there's all these cameos and all this blue screen and all this other shit going on and it's just like a mess aside from you know it being another mess on top of that like just not competent filmmaking and there's you know it's this isn't that bad but like it's not 
that good either, you know? Like, when you think that, like, Brett Ratner can pull off Rush Hour 2 and these guys can't even do Triple X 1, like, it's that's a little sort of, like, frustrating when you're watching it, you know? Because it's like, you don't have to do anything. Just put the camera there and let the yep. stunt do all the work. Yep. Because, like you were saying, like, most of this is practical. I know there's their CGI in here as well and, like, that they're trying to, like, either have coverage for it or 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 cover it. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but, like, it's not really working. And, like, that's why I'm, like, almost all of my notes and almost all the lines that I wrote down are basically, like, the one-liner before, like, right before the action. It's, like, he'll say something, like, insane and, like, cool and funny and awesome, and then there'll be, like, a thing that's just, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But, like, yeah. that moment right before, like, the calm before the storm, I'm, like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> Vin saying, I live for this shit. Or, moral is, don't be a dick, dick. Or... <laughs> I just want to buy cars, man. Like, there's so many yeah. dumb lines. I told him that cigarette would kill him one day. Like, those are not in action scenes. They're, like, around action scenes, right? So, Right, right. Know. Yeah, no, I, I picked up on that as well. And, and I think that some of that ends, makes it end up being, like, a little stale, you know? Um, because it's, like, rep- it gets a little repetitive or something when they just won't, you know, show it and end it. But, yeah, some of my, my favorite stuff is, like, you know, when he's, teasing Danny Trejo and stuff and then he's just oh, like yeah. real, realizes he's like wait that smells like real blood and he like yeah. you know and I'm like oh wow his character is like been around a lot of real blood that's been dried on like he can like he's got experience with that like that's insane like my brain just builds a world for him you know what I'm saying the scene before that we get like a fast forward to Fast and Furious number four where at the party, these SWAT guys burst in, and they drug him, and they haul him away, right? Yeah. And he wakes up groggy in a diner, and he's coming to, and just like the beginning of Fast and Furious, where he's visualizing Letty's car crash, like he's Sherlock Holmes or something, he's the best detective in the room, he's just like, she's wearing heels, that guy's reading the Financial yep. Times, it's a Sunday, this guy is dressed up too nicely, this is this, or whatever, I'm just like... Okay, like, he explains it all. Like, this is all set up to, like, to prove that he's got it or whatever. And I'm like, since when is he, like, the greatest detective in all these movies? Like, Dom's a detective. Triple X is a detective. Like, what is happening? I love it, but I don't understand it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's, like, the movie telling us, like, he's got what it takes to be a super spy. But, like, you're going to have to take our word for it because the last scene he just stole a car you know, posing as a valet with like, which like anybody can do, you know, like it doesn't take kind of like spy tactics to like get, grab one of those jackets off of someone and just stand, mm-hmm. stand there and wait for someone to throw you their keys. Uh, and not, and I don't think any of that ever comes into play later. Like he's never in sort of a situation where he's got to rely on his, you know, putting putting something together like, wait a minute, this isn't right. Something smells fishy here. Like, you're supposed to do this, and he's supposed to say that. And, like, how did you know? So it's a bit, like, just for this. It's a cool scene, but it just feels like it's only for this cool scene. And, uh-huh. and I'm fine with that. Joe, what do you think of Vin as detective? I really liked it, but, I mean, like, you know, he even in Fast and the Furious, we see that he's, like, the best at everything. So it doesn't it's not, it doesn't feel unexpected that he just happens to like come in, be super observant, be the best action star uh stunt guy ever and all these things at once. So I was like, "Oh, this is just funny." And maybe it played a little long for me, but I was like, "Okay, fine. That works for me." 
I guess I was a little more confused as to like, what were they really testing? Like, did he have the balls to stop a robbery or was he supposed to know that it was fake? Because I feel like he did both and I don't know which one they wanted him to do. I think they just wanted him to have the guts to be able to stop the robbery. Um, But he goes the extra mile and explains like, yeah, you know, my mom was a waitress. She'd never wear heels, et cetera, et cetera. Like, this is all a ruse. If they really wanted to get him sort of more confused to play along, it's like have him go rob a bank for them or something like that, like something he's wanted for, or to make make him perform an extreme stunt or something, like base jump off of a building, um, you know, and get away with it. And like, prove to us that you can do something we're going to call upon later in the movie that you're going to need to do, like jump out of an airplane and power sail down onto a moving boat in the middle of a river going 100 miles an hour. You know, like, this yeah, never comes like you, back. You, the, the way this should work, maybe, and maybe it's not as fun for the movie, but, like, you know, Samuel Jackson's watching YouTube or whatever, right? Watching Vin Diesel's website, sees this crazy thing. They drug him. He wakes up on the plane, like, and for the job. Like, there's there shouldn't be yeah. a test. Like, again, what do you test? I don't think because I think you 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 did two different things there, Mike. Right? It's either like, can he stop a robbery? Can he know it's fake? Neither of those skills are needed for what they're gonna do, right? It's just like I don't understand. <laughs> what, they just drug him and be like, hey. There's a thing. There's a bomb strapped around your neck. Do this, or we'll kill you, or whatever, right? And like, they, yeah. it just forces him. I don't know. It's weird. It, it feels like Men in Black, right? Like maybe they're like, let's do that scene in Men in Black where we'll we'll just we'll swap it. Like Will Smith has to like you know do all the tests and figure it out. And since he's sort of like the misfit, like he passes because he doesn't follow the rules. And it's like that's this test. It's like oh okay, let's see if Xander Cage is going to follow. But there's no fucking rules to like stopping a robbery or anything, right? Like, what's he going to do? Call the police? Uh, so, while I enjoy the scene, it's confusing in the context of everything. Because there's also, like, multiple scenes before we actually get to the recruitment, too. Because, like, you mentioned there's Danny Trejo, who has a machete. We cover machete on this podcast. Mm. He's got a bloody machete. But then, like, there's a whole, like, escape scene where, like, there's on a, they're on a plane, then he's on a motorbike, and, like, he, he takes out a rifleman atop of, like, a guard tower with the rear wheel of this motocross bike. Oh, like, yeah. The I motocross scenes are great. I fucking loved all of the dirt biking, like, jumping through barbed wire with a dirt bike, like, all this random shit. It's amazing. Apparently, Vin learned how to ride those bikes for this movie. Wow. That, I mean, that's cool but like at the same time like i don't think he jumped it through the middle of the fucking barbed wire (laughs) i like it because it feels like you know breakdance fighting right like in zoolander or something oh yeah he's he's extreme sports fighting like he's not just doing the trick like he's laying someone out with it at the same time exactly i like that too it like feels very like the one guy in tekken remember that was like eddie eddie guerrero like when he was doing the breakdance nobody Sorry. No, I never really played Tekken. I played Tekken a little bit in, in arcades, but I didn't actually play. That was yeah, on PlayStation, was... right? I didn't. I, I had no. Why did I not play Tekken? I guess I just Mortal Kombat. Like I just didn't play Tekken. Yeah, I think I was more Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter Two was was really my jam. But like all this stuff is happening before Sam Jackson recruits him, and then eventually he recruits him, and then he's all of a sudden in Russia trying to buy cars. And like, why? What is what is the plan? I don't know why he wants to buy cars. It's like a weird, it's a really, really strange thing that, like, that's the mission he gets sent on. It just feels like in like an arm extension of Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I, I think the mission is to just gather intel, whatever that means. Just go, we're going to go go to 
go to Russia, like pose as a car dealer. These guys know that they're going to buy, they're going to buy cars from you. And we think they're shady. So like go with them and see what they know. And he hangs out with them for a while and finds out that they're Anarchy 99. And he reports to Sam Jackson and he's like, I'm out. And Sam Jackson's like, stick around more and we'll make it worth your while. And he's like, okay, if you can get Asia Argento out with us, then I'll do what you want. And he's like, okay, triple X, we got a deal. And then he stops them from releasing the gas. I, I guess so. <laughs> like, cause there's, so he goes over there to buy cars and he's like, that one's for me. He's like, oh, you certainly know your cars. And there's a great line that says, I like anything fast enough to do something stupid, which is basically Vin Diesel, like Dominic Toretto's like mantra, right? Just like fast cars doing stupid things, whatever. And then he gets like drawn into like a James Bond movie. Like it becomes a James Bond movie. He meets his cue who gives him like that whole thing of like, you know, oh yeah, bullets and darts and whatever. And then he falls in love with Aja Argento. And then like they're like, okay. And then it's exactly what you said. But it's like it's it, it's like they just took a bunch of scenes from James Bond movie and like threw them into like a a randomizer. And then just like okay, here's here's a bunch of things. Here's we're we're not like they're all the scenes you know, but they're out of order. And just follow them or don't. We don't care. Yeah, I was thinking James Bond too, especially when he was like creeping around underground it looked like Goldeneye a lot and I was like did they just go to like actual James Bond locations for some of this shit too out of you know while they were at it, it does like kind of fu- feel like it all the castles and shit it's just and it's just like an open shot of like a castle in a background like on a mountain yeah. somewhere it, it definitely does feel like Goldeneye I agree and like the final scene of the movie is where where you know spoilers but at the end when they get away and it's him and Ozzy Argento like on an island somewhere, like just you know, they're making out. It's just like this is every end of every James Bond movie. Like, he's with the girl and making mm-hmm. out and like ignoring calls. Right? Like, that's they're like, but it doesn't feel like parody. It feels just like referential in a way. Like it doesn't feel yeah. crazy enough to be parody. It's it's a weird middle ground. Again, I don't mind it, but I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it's parody either. It almost feels like admiration or something. Like we want to be that. Like so, we're trying to our best to sort of put like a fresh new spin on it like what if James Bond was an American what if he was an extreme sports guy instead of his you know government agent all that kind of crap um and like this is a two-hour movie and I don't I don't know like that first it takes like 40 minutes or so or 30 40 minutes to get to Prague so technically that could have been this could have been like a James Bond script and it's and just like cut out the you know how James Bond starts, where it's like the action scene, sort of the end of his last mission, and then that leads into the new movie. Instead, it's just like let's introduce Xander Cage's origin story, and then we'll just like lead that into the James Bond movie and have it play out, you know, as you expect. And it's cool to see, you know, Vin Diesel try to be James Bond. He's he's much more of a Roger Moore. Like, sure. <laughs> I I have a question, and and I forgot about it while we were talking about the diner scene, but. Is that the same diner from Pulp Fiction? Because it really feels like it at some points. And you have Samuel Jackson there, and just like the way it's set up, I get that all diners kind of look the same, but that one felt almost identical to the one in Pulp Fiction. No, I don't oh. think so, because I don't think these sh- were shot anywhere near each other geographically. Like, I, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think so either, but I wouldn't put it out of, like, the thought of a rewrite, where it's like, oh, we got Sam Jackson playing the recruiter? Like, let's do something with diners, because, like, Pulp Fiction or something. Then when they're on the mission, when he's on the mission, Ozzy Argento kisses him, and she's like, it'll never happen again. Spoiler, it does later. And then she says goodnight. He walks into his room, and there's a woman basically on a stripper pole, but the pole is the corner of his bed. And she gets into bed, and he just says, 
the things I've got to do for my country. And then just like the scene ends, like they're about to have sex. It's just like, yeah. who is this woman? Like but, who, yeah. what, where, who, who, what? Where did she come from? How did she find him? How did she get in there? Who's paying like, her? Who wants him to have a yeah. good time? Like what? I mm, don't know. Yeah. And what, what, what really concerned me is like the amount of lit candles in that room. Uh, they're definitely going to burn that mansion down like one way or the other like that is just like i was i would have been like lady you got to go and and get a lot of like water we got to put these candles out like it's gonna be crazy open all the windows i've been thinking about that while we were watching um house of dragons lately there's like a lot of candles and a lot of fires and i'm like yeah it kind of tracks though like tons well, of candles like, all those rooms are ass. stone right like those are all just like if it, if it, if it falls over it's just gonna like go out because it's on top of stone this is but you but know, it'll like burn down all the curtains and bed and all that yeah. other shit first so we get vin grinding down a rail on like a catering tray which is really really cool <laughs> yeah and then we get to the snowboarding scene which mike mentioned before and this is the moment where i realized that all the problems i had with the transporter movies were like solved here because like transporter was just like why aren't you doing more transporter shit like why aren't you driving all the time and here maybe to its detriment it's just like how do we have vin do something insane in every single scene of this movie and like they kind of they kind of do it I agree with you. I have no idea. And you're right. It did remind me a lot of, like, the skating down on the tray gave me big Transporter vibes. Because don't we have, like, skating on, like, a a fire extinguisher in Transporter? Like, the whole Transporter mm. 3 fire extinguisher parts? I could not tell you a single thing from any of those movies. And we watched those probably <laughs> three months ago. There was, like, a fire hose fight, if I remember correctly. And I think he, he skated down something with something. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking about. It's it has to be there somewhere. But I feel like yeah, like he slid down the steps on a fire extinguisher somehow. But yeah, that's what I that's what I was remembering. I I think this this avalanche thing, like no joke, it's worth watching the the whole movie for, like to get to this he point. Cause, he causes an avalanche, <laughs> but like even before he causes the avalanche, you know, uh, there's something insane about that snowboarding run like it is so tra it's film this is like some of the best film stuff yes. probably because it's filmed by professional like s snowboard filmer people like they probably brought in like good people for the second unit to do this on their own and it looks amazing it looks dangerous it's insane and like then he causes the avalanche and like for 2002 i'm shocked at how great the quality of this avalanche is like i'm thinking miniatures because i don't think cg was there yet even in 2002 but if it was this was this is by far like my favorite scene of the movie i think it isn't like always snow really hard to do like stuff like that that's because, what i've like, heard yeah yeah like in video games and stuff that was just, like always the shit that like looked the worst for a very long time so yeah i can't imagine like, how they did it <laughs> And, like, I'm always concerned nowadays because of, like, upscaling with televisions and stuff and the way things were rendered back in the day and everything. And this this all hold, held up really well. So, I mean, it was probably all shot on film and, and everything matched ex exceptionally well. So I was shocked. I don't know if this was I, – I don't have an answer to the snow thing. I might have an answer to the filming. I don't know. But they wanted to use – and again, I don't know if this is for the actual production or to be used in the movie as, like, featured vehicles or what. But they okay. wanted to use the Czech Air Force's jets. They were like, can we use two of your jets for this movie? They're okay. like, you can use all of them. All you got to <laughs> do is donate 50 grand to a pilot's hospital and buy us all beer. 
and that's all they had to do. And they got to use all of the Czech Air Force's jets for this movie. That's so pretty I don't sick. Know, that's a good I don't deal. think they were using that to film, like do mm. like aerial shots in, or if that was just like, you know, the, the planes that we see flying around or both. But it feels like, oh, no, they're just like, you know, just just give us beer. And like, we're we're cool. It's like, oh, awesome. All right, cool. <laughs> Have Zeph deliver it though. That's oh, that's gotta happen. Uh, Mike, did yeah, you watch but, that movie yet or no? I, I haven't yet, but I watched. Do like not. A, don't you don't need to, bud. There's a really there was a really good segment on it on Sunday morning, like two weeks ago on Channel Two by me. So like I I know all about the movie, but okay, I'll take you. You can word just for listen it. to our podcast at double speed and save yourself like an hour <laughs> twenty or something. Probably, little, yeah. So in this avalanche scene, he's he's snowboarding down. These guys are on snowmobiles trying to escape uh, unsuccessfully. He's somehow yeah. going as fast, if not faster, on the snowboard. He then jumps onto an antenna to, like, get out of the way of the snow, which I'm like, okay, cool. So you're going to survive. But I'm like, how does the antenna survive? Because the antenna <laughs> would get knocked. Because it's not like it's, like, super reinforced. It's just, like, a sort of a normal, like, radio antenna. And not only does it survive, but, like, he's at the top and he survives and just goes, nothing like fresh powder it's like all right that's pretty cool like i like that but like it just it's like you have to suspend so much disbelief here and i don't mind it but it's also mm-hmm. like that's the way you thought you're going to avoid an avalanche just like on a, on a thin ass radio antenna i guess man i guess <laughs> i i guess i like it more now because of the ludicrousy of that you know and like the one guy makes it into a cabin and the avalanche just completely obliterates the cabin he's in and takes it down with him and then like he's looking at all the wreckage in the wake and it's just like pieces of snowmobiles like sticking out of things left and right and like that would sort of be all either covered or probably washed away with you dude like yeah Yeah. i don't understand how that survived how that didn't break but i love that it didn't break and it's just like completely looney tunes you know he's he's unbreakable we're nearing the end game now and there's like this shootout in this big warehouse and he tells a guy, dude, stop thinking prog police and start thinking PlayStation blow shit up, which doesn't really make sense. It kind of does, but it's just a great line. <laughs> That's a great well, he, line. He said, he said earlier, like when he's talking to like, I guess they're like Q, right? Isn't that the guy in James yeah, Bond? Yeah. When he's like talking to their Q, he was, he was like, oh man, like great shot or something. He was like, I played a lot of first person shooters. Okay. So the video game motif has been established. And and like you said earlier, Eve or whoever the girl was when Eve is there was like, I would like to make your life into yeah. a video game. So they yeah, they've been pushing the video game agenda. Well, I think for a yeah, while. in in the who is this for? It's for people who love Code Red and playing their PlayStation, right? Like or the yep. PlayStation Two or whatever's out at this time, right? It's just yep. it's that's the demo. That's who's seeing this movie. That's who's getting these free Blu-rays, like Mike got, right? Like it's just like it's just dudes. Yeah. I think so. That, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you called it, man, because the tie-in, if I recall correctly, like ordered it with like the PlayStation Three. You know, they gave you a voucher, like pick a couple of Blu-rays, and we'll send them to you for buying one. And yeah, so it's all part of the market. I didn't know that you got that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it I don't even remember came that with, at all. It even came with a free Spider-Man Three, so I have like a, a I never opened of that copy. <laughs> There's a guy earlier in the movie who Vin says you should really put that cig- get rid of that cigarette that's going to kill you one day. And then at the end of the movie, when they're in this shootout, they're able to use that cigarette's embers as the heat-seeking target for this heat-seeking missile, <laughs> which feels wildly unbelievable, also awesome. And then he says, of course, I told him that cigarette would kill him one day. And it's like, yeah, cool, yeah, perfect. Cool Love line. it so much. Perfect. Yeah, I feel like that should have blown up 
a gas station somehow instead, you know, like, or, or it should have been like he leaked like the gasoline on the floor and then, you know, threw a knife at the guy and the guy falls over and, and the cigarette falls and he catches on fire and then the whole place explodes. And then he's like, yeah, told you that cigarette was going to kill you one day, actually. <laughs> you know, so Joey, you know, you for, we forgot to talk about yet. What? What's the most Dom moment of this movie? Oh, we haven't really been... Have we? Do we do that in the non-Fast and Furious movies? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was every movie, like we do all the time. I guess we do. I, don't, I wasn't thinking about that. What, do you have a pick for the most Dom moment? Yes, I do. I think that him recreating the stunt from Fast and... Or pre-creating the stunt from Fast and Furious 5 of jumping the car off the bridge and jumping off with the car as it goes down is the most Dom moment but I also think a person that gets strong-armed into joining the police force is the most <laughs> Brian moment of this okay. movie, too. I think he has a very Brian moment of just like, oh, I'm the best detective here, but I'm also not very good at this, but I'm also really, really good at this. Sure. And that seems very Brian to me. Well, I will say my, my pick is not going to be really a Dom thing because it's from a movie he's not in. But after there's like a closing wall, like he's trying to take out this thing called Ahab, which is like the the chemical weapon that they're trying to stop, right? And it's like an Indiana Jones, the wall is closing, but he's trying to get his body in. They put like this like little fire extinguisher to like stop it. Like it, it seems like there's mm-hmm. no way this thing would get stopped by that, but whatever, he gets saved. But the next thing is as he's racing against a bomb in the GTO, which is very, very Dom. Very That's specifically dumb. Fast and Furious Crossroads, the video game. Remember, like, when you're racing against the spaceship, like, to get oh, onto yeah, the yeah, spaceship? Oh, yeah, 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 And he has to jump on it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yeah. So that's pretty Dom. But then the most Fast and Furious moment, I think, is when they're like, Does this, doesn't this roof come off? And they basically do ejecto rufo, because yep, they, they do. blow yeah. the roof off the car. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, nice. So I think it's racing a bomb as Dom, and then sort of the Roman moment, or the Brian moment, ejecto rufo, because... Um, so he can parasail out in his American flag parasail. Like, it's just like, it's an insane stunt to end the movie, and I love it. I got a, I got a Dom slash fast moment uh, as well. So he gets back to, like, his own apartment, and there's already, like, a party going on waiting for him when he oh, gets true. home. True, <laughs> true. Very, 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 very true. I like that one a lot. And then the final line that I wrote down, well, no, I, there's one more, there's one... Xander Cage line and there's one other line that I wrote down but the final line that he says that I wrote down is that as he takes out Ahab as he saves the world because of course he's going to save the world he says welcome to the Xander zone which I'm like I get that like that sounds like it's it's assimilation like it's 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 the whole like the zzz but like it's the xz like it doesn't really work it kind of works it's kind of like that's not a plane it's a planet like looks cool on paper this sounds cool but when you think about it like that doesn't really work but Again, I love it. But I, I don't mind it. I wish he had a better catchphrase, though. Like, it's weird that this is the one that he keeps using. Like, it's cool that he uses yeah, it Yeah, because he uses it more than once. Yep. Yeah, but at the end, he's like, he's like screaming it at a, at a missile. He's like, welcome to the Xander Zone. And he just like jumps off the missile or something. So like, I wished it was like a little more pronounced of a moment. Like, and I also wish he, he was surfing on that thing at some point, you know? Like, oh. they, they, yeah, they needed to add like surfing in a little bit somewhere in there, maybe. But that's just me. 
And Vin Diesel looked like he was truly going to get hypothermia in that last shot of him on the dock there where they're like, where is he? Where is he? And he's like sitting on the little broken piece of wood, like shivering like a pigeon or something. He's just like, like, get him a blanket. Well, he doesn't need a blanket because he goes onto that tropical island with Ozzy Argento. They're there happy again, just like, you know. Uh, James Bond getting the call. Sam Jackson calls him and goes, the last line that I wrote down, that might be the last line in the movie. Oh, by the way, you passed the test. Yeah. The Gibbons test. I was like, dude, you're still not testing him. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? There's no test. He saved the world. There's no, what? okay, sure. But I was thinking that might have been like a good like thing to be like, oh no, we just plotted that. That really was a test. And like the second one is like, oh, like, now he gets to do an actual mission, wow. and that was like a, a fake set-up mission just as, like, his training. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been cool if he was like, hey, you did a great job, you passed the test, and you saved the world, but your job's not over yet. Like, you know, like, you just got to lead into the next movie somehow. That, that This just left me confused. Well, I do <laughs> feel like this, I, I, I give this movie credit because if, you know, like Bloodshot, like Sonic, like every other movie that's come out in the last 10 years, some of which we cover for the show, some of which we've not. We'll get to Sonic one day when we cover every single movie that's ever been made. Yeah. Uh, every movie now is just like, hey, you thought that movie was cool? Wait till the next one. It's just like, no, that movie was cool, man. Don't you love it? Leave. We're done here. <laughs> I yeah I, I, you're right it just has to be set up like that that's just how this shit works now so yeah that's all my notes for the movie Joe do you have any other notes uh, about Triple X yes I have one more like more um, overarching note which is that I'm glad we you know we talk a lot about like Vin hitting peak Dom and yep. I don't think he's hit peak Dom here yet so it's nice to see him not doing the like Vin brooding situation that we get like you know from five on. In Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And it was like, he was like kind of like charismatic and personable and like doing the stunts and stuff. And, and for like as much crap as we give him sometimes for like, um, wanting the limelight, it actually put into perspective how little of the limelight he does have in some parts of the Fast and the Furious. Like, I get that it's his and like he's the star and everything like that, but like, but seeing it's not really, him, it's him and Brian, right? Like, this is him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, him in the Fast and the Furious giving up the limelight is something like a perspective that I didn't have before seeing this because th- you're right this is fully fully him and to have both sides of it I'm like oh okay so like everybody's like Vin just wants full control of everything which is likely true but at the same time it's like well he had the rock in a movie Jason Statham in a movie Brian was with him like the whole time and it was kind of Brian's movie so like we can see him kind of take a little bit of a backseat in some of these that I see him like as a fully, fully leading action movie guy. I like that he has energy in this movie. Like he's got like he's got vitality and pep. Like I think is what you were saying. Like he's not brooding, but he's also like in the first Fast and Furious, like, he gets animated, but he's mostly just kind of like, you know, cool under pressure here. He's just like he's got he's energized in a way that like yeah. dom never has been so it's it's a similar like it is dom basically still but it's yeah, like yeah an energetic dom yeah he's happy i like how he plays happy you know like it's more fun i think to see him smirking and smiling and and you know pulling off those one-liners as opposed to like scowling and growling and pulling off those one-liners but i'll take whatever mike any other thoughts about any other notes about triple x uh, no, I look forward to seeing part two for the first time and yeah. then uh, finishing up with part three. And who knows, maybe by then they'll announce part four. Fingers crossed. Maybe. 
we get another scene here that's a very much like a Fast and Furious scene is you get Dom handcuffed with his head hands above his head like while he's dangling mm. and i was like this is just straight out of the fast like they just take this and they're like yep let's do that again and like you can see it happen um but i think that's the last of my notes i do also want to say that like you know there's a lot of early 2000s like rap rock and hard rock and whatever oh, yeah. but uh one of my favorite albums of all time is songs for the death by queens of the stone age and the song millionaires in this movie i was like that's hell yeah like i didn't i didn't think it could like fit into a movie but like it also fits perfectly here so Loved it a lot. So I thought that was great. Um, but let's watch the trailer for Triple X. This was posted cool. by Sony Pictures Entertainment this year for some reason in August. Huh. Okay. Triple um, X 2002 official trailer HD. Let me know when you guys have it loaded. Didn't you say you just have the re release for like the anniversary? Maybe it was that. Maybe they remastered the trailer too. When did I buy this? I don't think. No, the 15th anniversary was five years this ago. Is so this was so the 20th, 20th anniversary. So maybe it's 20 that. years ago, Xander Cage took Saving the World. To the extreme. All right, Mike, you ready? Ready to go. All right, three, two, one, play. The top comment is, this is the hardest trailer of a movie to search for. It's not really. Just type in Triple X 2002. It's very easy, but you know what Or Triple X trailer? We didn't talk about his tattoos at all. Oh, man. We we talked about the one tattoo, the Triple X in the back of his neck, right? But, like, he's fully tatted. The nipple one threw me. Big time. Oh, they just gave that reveal away, I guess. So I don't think you'd be able to place that one, though. You know I what I mean? Many, yeah. I wonder how many times he's been thrown out of a plane. What is this place? Oh, I really like the shot through the vents, too. That was very Fast and the Furious, like going through the engine. Sure. The jacket is awesome. The big puffy jacket, I love it. I love it so yeah. much. Just oh, in his the underwear. Bin- yeah. The binoculars that can see through anything, including a woman's clothes. It's like, all right. Thanks, yeah, Rob right. Cohen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if, like, you could just like see like through a woman's clothes? You know what would have been amazing if, like, halfway through this movie, he found out that they were vampires. <laughs> like Ooh. a spoiler alert for a movie that I'm about to say that people know, I think. But, like, yeah, from Dustal Dawn, right? It's just like, oh, shit, this vampire movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it needs something like that where it's like, man, this is so sort of, like, by the book, but the explosions are cool and Vin's in it. Like, take me on a left turn somewhere. It really does, like, the sexism in Hollywood really does sort of suck. Like, I don't think Ozzy Argento is, like, great in this movie, but I feel like she should have had a much bigger career than she did if she hadn't been blackballed for speaking, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, she could have been in Triple X 2. Like, just her, you know? Like, her mission. That's dope. Yeah. Shit. It feels so like a video game. Sense. This whole movie feels like a video game. Mm-hmm. Did, was there a game? I wonder. Probably. And I wonder if there's, like, a CGI with Vin Diesel model. I'm sure that there is. If you search Triple X video game, a lot of porn stuff comes up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes that. sense. Triple X the movie, the game. I like this opera. This isn't in the movie. No, it's CGI. Okay. There. Well, well looks... that's not. Mm. I don't the, know the one with him, it behind him. The one with it behind him looked like it. Yeah, it looks worse in like the trailer that. than it did in the movie, but. I, think I don't so. think there was a video game, which feels off, right? Missed but like opportunity. That, like, yeah, that's the whole idea. Is like he's a tie-in commodity. Do you guys think that like Rob Cohen and Vin were sitting there like we're 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 gonna hit on one of these? Because that's feels... what it, this kind of feels like to me. That they're like, okay, like mm. we're gonna start a franchise and we're gonna yeah. like hit 
on one of these, and it just happened to, like, and this this would kind of explain with the Vin, like, leaving, going back, leaving, going back type situation. Yeah, because this, this would be, like, sort of his third, it would be, like, Riddick, Fast and Furious, then this, and it's like, well, you know, what do we, you know, let's keep going with these, trying to make these happen. But you yeah. know what this kind of feels like? You know how, like, you hear sometimes how, um, well, like, someone will write, like a book just to have it turned into a movie or or a comic maybe maybe it's more common with like graphic novels where like a lot of artists sometimes they just want to get their movie made so they'll put it out as a comic first and hope it gets picked up and things like like this almost feels like it's reverse engineered to be a video game it's like we'll make the movie and then we'll make all the comics the games the toys and none of that followed like it's so baffling to me that's what i'm that's a hundred percent what i was getting at yeah that's that's how it feels like to me and and it kind of logics out in my brain, too, so I don't know what happened. So I just looked it up, and we'll talk about it again when we talk about the movie, but Pitch Black, which came out the year before The Fast and the Furious, had a budget of $23 million, so not very much, made 53 worldwide. So successful, but not like a hit. Okay. The Fast and the Furious came out in 2001, budget of 38, so bigger, but again, still not huge, made 207, so a really, really big hit, okay, really successful yeah. for Universal. Yeah. This movie comes out the year after that, budget of seventy million, so they really jack it up. They basically wow. double the budget of the Fast and the Furious. So like that was a hit. Here's money to make your next thing. This makes two seventy seven worldwide. So like mm. I think you know proportionally, the Fast and the Furious the most successful of these three. But again, this is another huge hit. So like you're saying, one of these is gonna hit. Like they both kind of hit, and then Vin's like, all right, bye, and left both of them. Right? So. <laughs> no, but I mean like hit enough that they're because like this one feels like now. With all the video game references and stuff like that, like there was a strategy to this. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it feels more so than like the Fast and the Furious doesn't have like an ag- like they it doesn't feel like a movie that they have an agenda like this is gonna be a series, this is gonna be a video game, there's gonna be toys, there's gonna be things. And this feels like they're purposely putting this shit in to be like Okay, we're gonna do this. That's the next step of this. Like, once this hits, we're gonna like then we make the video game and the toys, and then we make the cars and like the diecast and the hot wheel. Like, and they had like a like a plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. At the least, I'm shocked that Xander Cage wasn't playable in like Tony Hawk Pro Skater at some point. Fair, yeah, been absolutely. Cool. Yep. Yeah. All right, God. let's play the Letterbox game. So, for reference sake, Mad Max: Oof. Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterboxd. Has been seen by 1.2 million people. Triple X, 2002, directed by Rob Cohen, starring Vin Diesel, Ozzy Argento, and Samuel L. Jackson, has been seen by how many people? Oof. Logged on Letterboxd is kind of old, but it's Vin. It's a big movie. Everybody's kind of seen it. I, I, uh, I'm i going to start at 200,000. Mike? Whoa, that was way higher than I was going to start. Start where you start. You're probably yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to say more like 25,000. Somewhere in between, between 25 and 200. Joe, what's your second guess? What's your real first guess? 125. Mike? Uh, 85. Mike, very, very close. 87, 703. Nice. Average rating of 2.5, most common a 3, then a 2, then a 2.5. How many people on Letterboxd have this in their top four favorite films of all time? Um, I'm going to say, like, eight. Nah, eight. Just based on, like, the numbers of people seeing it, I think it got to be a little bit higher than that. Like, I'll go, like, 20. Uh, Joe, you're kind of close, but you're both too low. Got to go higher than 20. One more guess. Uh, 24. Um, say 32. 
26 people have this in their top four. I found three different profiles we could play. I want to recheck which one of these are. Uh, oh, this one we're not going to do, but one person had Triple X, the first Fast and the Furious, Fast Five, and Pitch Black. This dude just loves Vin. Just, that's okay. great. That works. Um, This person, do we want to do this one? Mike, give me a number one or two. Two. We're going to go to Radoslav Yordanov at Ryordanov hmm. on, on Letterboxd. Did not review this movie, but Triple X is his number two favorite film of all time. Okay. The other three movies all came out within 10 years of this movie. So just say basically 90s or 2000s. Okay. Joe, one of them we covered on, I think, our Patreon for this show. Interesting. Okay. Mike, you mentioned one of these movies in this episode. Goldeneye. Nope. And then Mike, is it a James you Bond also, movie? I think, covered one of these on Brian's show. Ooh. So, Joe, we covered one. Mike mentioned one. And then I think Mike covered one with Brian. And we also, the one that he covered with Brian, we had in a top four on a Brian episode, and he could not guess the movie. Holy mackerel. From oh, the nineties, it's actually all between ninety-five and 05. Okay. Okay. You want to try to guess one of them, or you want to try, you want to throw ideas Ferris out Bueller's. there? Ferris Bueller's. Ferris no. Bueller's Day Off. No, I was thinking is one of them a James Bond movie? Did because Mike mentioned James Bond. No, they're all dude movies. I would say Ferris okay. Bueller is not necessarily a dude movie. That's more of a four quadrant movie. These are all mostly just like movies that are cool for dudes, but not all like super aggro. Not like Triple X is the most aggro of the four. Pulp Fiction. Nope, 94. Always a good guess. Too early, oh, too early. Dang, because I mentioned that. It's always um, hard when you don't remember what you said. Can I get, like, some... So one of them's a high school movie, I'm guessing, because Brian yes. covered it. Mm-hmm. That's the one that Mike covered. Is Mike, there it... is a phrase in that movie that you guys used over and over again. Oh, I remember this part of the conversation, but I don't remember what the It's not really a was. tagline for the movie. <laughs> okay, this isn't... This isn't my night. I'm trying. So there's some later ones. This is tough. Yeah, I was thinking, um, what's the... I was thinking maybe ours was Memento? No. Okay. We covered this one on the Patreon. I want to say Last Lap. What oh. was our Last Lap theme? Our Last Lap theme was heist movies. Okay. Not Hell or High Water, was it? That's a good guess. Uh, no, yeah, this was one that we did on the Patreon. It's not on the main feed. And oh, Joe, our guest on this episode was Mark Hoffmeyer. Oh, okay. Guest, and it was Someone me. from the Fast and Furious in this movie. Okay. They kind of pull off a heist to a certain extent. Set in Detroit. Is Mark it, said um... it's one of the all-time best back punches in a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the one with, um, Four Brothers. Four Brothers. Number yes. four favorite movie of all time. Wow. Mike, we still need to get... These other two are from the 90s. Mike, one of which you mentioned here, and one of which you covered with Brian. Tough, tough, tough. I, all right. I feel like I mentioned two of the three movies that I talked about tonight. What's the third one? The third. Hmm. Hmm. I'm looking at my notes to see if I had maybe wrote it down as a reference or something. 
And was I on the Brian episode, or were you? What was what was the Brian clue? It was you on an episode with Brian. Brian covered it. You use a fr- catchphrase from it, but we I can't remember what the catchphrase is, and Brian couldn't remember the movie either last time Brian was on. Uh, this was a two-part episode, Mike, that you guys covered in 2019, very early in the run. This was you and Cara Gale Regan to talk about a film way ahead of its time. Holy shit. The Early Days of Cyberspace. The net. No. Hackers. 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 Yes. Hack the planet, baby. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's right. Ah, love that movie. Sorry, Hackers fans, that I couldn't come up with it in time. Oh, my God. Brian couldn't either. It's okay. Now I remember. Okay. Man, yeah. Okay. All right. We got one more. That's Radoslav's number one favorite film. That's his number number one? Oh, I like him. Number three is a movie, Mike, that you mentioned in this episode. Not a James Bond movie. Not a James Bond movie, but not entirely dissimilar. There are special agents in this movie. Oh, the Kingsman. Suicide Squad. No. Oh, G.I. Joe? (laughs) Rise of Cobra? (laughs) From the 90s. From the 90s. From the 90s. Okay, okay, okay. Man, I mentioned a lot of movies today. You did. That's just kind of your par for your course. I don't remember exactly the context in which you you mentioned this movie. From the 90s, this spawned three sequels. Holy Christmas. I wonder if you've covered one of... Hold on, let's see here. That would be the ultimate sadness if I can't think of it and I covered one on my show. You... Ooh. Uh, In one of these sequels, Joe, we had a guest. We had a guest of this show who is in one of these movies in a very small Oh, okay. He was in Men in Black. You mentioned Men in Black. Men in Black. Oh, my God. I did mention Men in Black. Wow. Yeah. Did you cover Men in Black 3 in your podcast or no? I haven't. I was going to do it over the summer, and uh, but the I was going to do it, and then the Oscars happened, and then I was like, I don't want to talk about Will Smith for a while. Mm. Uh, So we'll get there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Hackers, Triple X, Men in Black, and Ford Brothers. I feel like... I gave bad clues because I felt they were all gettable, but I didn't help you, didn't lead you to any of them, but you got them all in the end, so that's fine. It's okay. As long as we get there, man. This game is tough but fair, I feel, whereas, like, guessing the number of people who have seen the movie is just, like, it's like being on The Price is Right. My prediction for these movies, for this movie's sequels is that the second one is going to be crazy and tough, and then the third one is going to be a lot more fun in terms of the letterbox game only. Because I feel like in terms of things, people have seen the original and the new one. I don't know who has seen Trouble Black State of the Union. Yeah, but maybe there's true. a huge crowd. I don't know. Didn't look it up. We'll get I don't know. There. Can't we'll wait to find out. out. Yeah. Yeah, but next week, our next episode is officially Life in the Fast Lane. In about a week and a half from the time this comes out, the third episode, Triple X Return of Xander Cage, will be on Mike's feed on November 3rd. But between now and then, we will put out our episode of Triple X State of the Union on the Patreon. So TooFastTooForever.com for that if you want to complete the set. If not... Just go check out Mike's feed, because that's a lot of good third times over there. But Mike, what do you want to plug? What do you want people to tell about? They, they already know, but mm-hmm. maybe new Triple X fans. Who knows? What do you want to plug? What do you want to What do you want to say to our listeners? A couple shows real quick that I'd like to talk about that I am on is, uh, first, Joey and I have mm-hmm. an Elvis podcast that we do, and there are mm-hmm. a couple fresh episodes of that out, including one called Girls, Girls, Girls. Mike, share is, the revelation we had today. Which was the revelation? What? 
the, I was like, I can't believe he did a movie called this. Oh, and you're like, okay. I didn't know that so, either. So Joey messaged me today, and for somehow we completely overlooked this after you know acquiring every Elvis movie. He has a movie called Tickle Me. Yep. That's what it's called, folks. It's called Tickle Me. So I can't wait to talk about Tickle Me when we get there. But listen to us talk about boats, boats, boats. I mean, girls, girls, girls. Um, <laughs> uh, I do a show called Monsters That Made Us with uh, my co-host Dan Cologne. It's the last Friday of every month, and we are looking at the history of the Universal Monster Movie franchise. That's been a lot of fun. And I have a new show with Brian Rodriguez, who has been mentioned here tonight multiple times, and who is a Patreon member. So I'll give him a shout-out here and a plug that we have a new show called Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. We are going through the entire history of Francis Ford Coppola movies cut by cut. And, uh, and you're still in the heart of the Godfather, the first Godfather. Is that correct? True, true. We are taking our sweet-ass time. That is for sure. Just making it stretch. So, well, there's uh, always more to cut with the Godfather. Precisely, yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. So please check all that out, cageclub.me. Cool. And like we said, you'll be back sometime in the next, I don't know, we're going to record in a couple days. It'll be out a couple days after that. But sometime either this weekend for the listener. I don't know. I'm, trying to, I'm also trying to put it like halfway in between this and the third times. But who knows? It'll go out when it's done. That's what you, you're going to get it there soon. There you go. <laughs> That's all I got. But Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys always for having me. It's always a blast. Have fun. For all things Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. We'll read on the next episode on our life in the fast lane. Check out our Patreon page at too fast too forever.com, which is where our Triple X State of the Union episode will live exclusively, and our store at too fast too forever.shop. And come back next week for Life of the Fast Lane and between now and then, Triple X State of the Union. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you again.